0: Welcome to One Haas, a podcast devoted to bringing the Haas community closer together through your stories. I'm your host, Sean Lee, and my mission is to help open our eyes to the network we never knew we had. This is Sean, and I'm here with Steve Lee from EW2020, a fellow classmate of mine, a fellow OSCE. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Excited that Sean's kicking off this awesome podcast. Steve Lee, uh, not originally from the Bay Area like most of our peers. I grew up in Philly, nice. home of the Super Bowl champions 2018. <laughs> um, but yeah, I came you know, to the Bay Area for this program, been in banking and then consulting. So really excited to have a conversation with you today, man.
0: So that's actually the topic of today. We wanted to... Learn a little bit more about management consulting and and how you got into it. Uh, what are its perks and downsides? So let's start off with how did you get into consulting?
1: I guess it's almost by accident you could say. I you know started my career at a regional um, commercial bank in the treasury function. So for those who understand that day in day out, it's really you know measuring, monitoring, liquidity forecasting. It's quite but you know, boring and quite routine-based. And, you know, I was, you know, young, kind of basically delving into spreadsheets. And I was like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? God, I hope not. So (laughs) I remember at this bank, they were also going through an acquisition. So they needed people to kind of help you know, problem solve around, you know, integrating and making sure it goes seamless. And it was the idea around like problem solving that really caught my attention. Mm. So I quickly was like, oh, I'm in banking. It's hard to just make that leap into one of the bigger consulting firms. So I looked around and I said, oh, I'm going to join this small strategy boutique consulting shop. So that was my first entry
0: into it. What happened after that?
1: Yeah. So this firm focused primarily on international um, emerging market banks mm-hmm. and doing uh, transfer what we call IPO readiness transformations so essentially before a bank goes public or any company that goes public you know they want to increase their efficiency ratio. so it was a lot of work around doing the reorg and restructuring the processing efficiency and effectiveness and doing a lot of work around that space. So that took me to you know Saudi Arabia for a bank out there to Malaysia, the Philippines, and India as well, so it was awesome in my early 20s to kind of jet set, so to speak, and (laughs) kind of live the good good high life for a little bit.
0: (laughs) And were you with that regional bank still, or? Oh,
1: no, so yeah, this was after I was in Bankig for two years, I was like, ah, this is terrible, so I started, you know, applying online, you know, interview with a smaller boutique firm, Mm -hmm. and made that transition over.
0: And were you doing this with, because uh, I know uh, later on you ended up at Deloitte. Yeah. And was that after?
1: Yeah, so that was after. So after, you know, I worked, you know, abroad for a couple of years, I figured I, I was pretty homesick, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, like, it's great to travel and see the world. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I wish I could hang out with my friends. And, you know, I started getting a lot of FOMO. Yeah. So I, you know, had a lot of experience at this point and was, you know, two and a half years in. So, which felt like, Ten years and consulting yeah. years, yeah. So it was like, oh, it's I'm ready to make uh, a move back. So what I did was then I started applying to some of the major consulting firms um, back in the states, mm-hmm. and my passion changed as well. So initially, I was in what they call like the strategy and operations space, primarily in operations and looking at the value chain and where we can squeeze those extra dollars, so to speak. Right. But what I fell in love with was the humanity aspect of it. So. I wanted to join um, what they call human capital, so the consulting around uh, the human piece, because whenever there is something like a merger and acquisition or a true transformation, strategic transformation, people often forget the people element. People forget how that integrates with the overall strategy. we need to make sure everyone's aligned and on the same page. Mm. So you know, I applied and got into Deloitte uh, working in um, the human capital space. Yeah, I see.
0: And is that, that's where you are now? No, so
1: as you can see, I'm a man that constantly moves, whether it's laterally down or up, all around. I spent four years at Deloitte and really enjoyed my time there. Worked with a lot of amazing clients, uh, primarily on the East Coast, because I was working out of the New York office, Mm -hmm. primarily in banking and in healthcare. So it was awesome, so much great experiences. Have a lot of good colleagues for life there. But I recently, as soon as I joined Um, the Haas EWMB program, that traveling life, which I loved, wasn't sustainable. So I was at first, Sean, I don't know if you remember, I was commuting from New York and flying into SF for class and going back to New York. And a couple weeks in, I was just like, you know, I had a come to Jesus moment. And I was like, this isn't sustainable. Like, what do I want to get out of the Haas program as well as my career development mm-hmm. and for me it was really about continually connecting with people and in order to do that I needed to be more local so I switched to a local once again smaller consulting firm and it's great I have more of a, it has more of a startup feel, it's yeah. called Slalom and it's been more about being able to multi-head not only do I do the consult- consultative work that I enjoy but I've been able to really focus on the business development aspect of it as well as building point of views and really helping drive the strategic direction of this young organization. So it's been pretty exciting.
0: Cool. Is it pretty common for consultants to travel abroad? Yeah, so that's a good question.
1: Um, It's definitely common for them to travel, but the the where is often (laughs) the mystery, right? right? So I mean, I've had colleagues, especially like if you, consult for like the Big Four or MBB, you typically are going to a domestic client site. And it depends on your industry. So if you're in financial services, you're either in New York or Charlotte, maybe Chicago. Um, If you're in manufacturing or ops, like supply chain, you're probably in the Midwest somewhere. And I feel bad for those folks. (laughs) But there are a few of us who get to actually work on multinational companies or maybe work for a client that's totally abroad. Mm -hmm. And for those folks, yeah, you get to really enjoy the perks and get to uh, live abroad and really do uh, you know cons- consultative work um, overseas.
0: So uh, what was your favorite and least favorite places that you've had to go for consulting oh, in the world? Such good questions.
1: <laughs> least favorite would have to be Saudi Arabia. And I think so many people in my class already know my reasons why, but I mean, it starts with the heat. Yeah. Not, I don't like the heat, 120 degrees, summer days are tough. Um, Also, it was like, you know, the lack of uh, entertainment, so to speak, you know, no drinking, no cinemas, no live music. So that made things (laughs) a little unbearable after a long work week. How long were you there for? A year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So not, not, (laughs) not, not an easy place to escape either, but there were like, you know, Dubai is close by and Bahrain. So you would try to escape. It wasn't all bad because the folks that I, I met there were incredible, and right. they took me to do some crazy shit. Am I allowed to curse? Oops. Yeah, <laughs> Oh. they made me do like crazy shit, like you know, go you know camel racing. We ate in the middle of the desert, like just really unique experiences that you won't get anywhere else. Right, right. So for me, like I'll always cherish that. But if I if someone said, "Hey, Steve, we have another project for you there," I I would take a hard pass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: Um, in terms of favorite. I would actually have to say, abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say Manila, mm. the Philippines. A lot of energy there. Mm-hmm. The people are so friendly. Yeah. Oh my god! Like anywhere you go, like the friendliest service, all smiles. The folks that you work with over there are super hardworking, easy right. to get work done. Um, so it was a lot of fun there, and like not the beautiful beaches and everything about it, so <clears throat> definitely loved. Uh, I would have to say Manila in the Philippines. Uh,
0: how long were you there for? Only three months,
1: but okay. I felt like I got a good taste of the flavor there, so nice. I would totally go back if someone needed a project there. Nice.
0: So, Steve, we commonly hear that consulting is very taxing. Uh, consultants usually only last about you know, two to three years. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been a consultant for close to 10 years now. Mm-hmm. How have you kept it sustainable for yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, and trust me, I have so many of my friends who've definitely burned out and there have been moments where I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Right. <laughs> like, why am I still in the office? It's 11 p.m. and the <laughs> client's been gone for six hours. So I totally understand why the burnout and the fatigue is there. I think the big thing is around managing expectations because oftentimes, especially whether you're an undergrad campus hire or MBA hire, y- you go in with this, you know, the gravitas and this energy to take on everything that's given to you. Mm-hmm. And eventually the plate's going to get too full. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to ask you, is your plate too full? They're just going to keep giving, giving, giving. Right. So the big thing I've learned is for those and, and for those who've succeeded has been about how do you manage those priorities and then how do you manage expectations? Not with just with yourself, but with the folks that are asking you for these favors. And mm-hmm. be like, hey, Sean, like, I think that's great that this initiative you're trying to run, but I already have two things I'm trying to do well. So if I was involved in your thing, I don't think I'd be doing a great job. Right. But I know someone who'd be great for that. So it's also about like you know managing expectation, but also trying to help them find another person that could help w- with the work they need to get done. Got it. So because then they're like, okay, like oh, you know, Steve couldn't do this, but at least he found someone else for me that did an awesome job. Right. So. If you can do that well, you'll go a long way and not burn out. So Mm -hmm. that's what I've seen actually
0: work well. Yeah, nice. So, Steve, what are some of your favorite moments uh, during consulting?
1: Yeah. So, one of the things a lot of consulting firms, at least in my career, um, has been the opportunity to do pro bono work.
0: Is this something that's uh, encouraged or?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because they know a lot of the folks that are coming into consulting firms are highly motivated individuals. Where, as we talked about, leading people, where they have um, you know, intrinsic motivators of a higher purpose. Okay. So sometimes outside the scope of helping your client, it might be how do I help the world? Right. So they do a lot of partnerships with NGOs and nonprofits where you can use your same skill sets to do it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my memorable works that was with the Rainforest Alliance. At the time, to be honest, I didn't really think much about sustainability. It was an afterthought. Huge. <laughs> You know, I guess waster in general. Yeah. but this project was so unique. Um, they brought me in to help with the what they call the value chain analysis and really just understanding the commodities that make that have a huge impact in the environment. So we're really focused on cattle, palm oil, coffee and lumber. Mm-hmm. And just really looking at, you know what is the impact currently and what is the expected growth in impact due to you know higher consumption rates in Asia and South America? Um, in products such as cattle, which would mean you know, deforesting more land, which then is used for the lumber. Right. So really just understanding that and how it all interconnects was super interesting and rewarding then to be able to go back to this um, NGO and help them come up with an engagement plan with big culprits in the value chain, such as a cargill in cattle or Starbucks in the coffee industry, and really work with them to kind of force their suppliers to have best sustainability practices mm. um, because it's really about educating and for me it was an education in itself. so it's projects like that and I have you know friends and buddies who've you know gone to you know developing countries to help out in microfinance institutions and help out in um, learning academies and standing up you know tech centers for kids to learn. so there's all sorts of different worlds you can go into using the same skill set. so I would say that's a really rewarding part.
0: great. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Glad uh, glad I could be here. I think if we have more questions from our listeners, maybe we can host a a second podcast to further dive into consulting. I think there's there's so much more to this that you're not telling us yet. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. We'll do it over drinks. All right. Thank you for tuning in today. Our aim is to bring the Haas community closer together through your stories. We're always looking for Hasees willing to share their stories and experiences so that we can give other students more insights into the different programs, different careers, and ultimately different perspectives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to email me at reachsean at berkeley.edu for suggestions on people and content you'd like to hear about. Again, that's R-E-A-C-H-S-E-A-N at berkeley.edu.